0: Well, good morning, everyone. It is great uh, to be here with you this morning. My name is Hannah and I'm the Next Generation's pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church on Prince Edward Island. I live here uh, with my husband, John, and our new pet rabbit that is just a joy to us. (laughs) And uh, I did graduate from ADC very recently in 2020. So that's, well, maybe 10 years ago in pandemic years. Um, And it is just good to be here. Really enjoyed my time at Acadia. I've got some good, strong, ADC roots still there. Uh, my mom, Carolyn Steves, who is here today, also a pastor who uh, went through Acadia, my brother and uh, my husband, John, also Acadia students. So we're here in good company today. And it's just great to be with you um, back, uh, even virtually, I made some chili for after so I can have kind of the full ADC Chapel experience. Uh, When I was thinking about what I could call this message today, uh, I thought that I could call it a Blessed Deconstruction. But then I heard that someone else already used that title this year. And so I had to go back to the drawing board and found another title. Is it worth it? And I don't know about you, but in this most recent wave of COVID, I found that this question is keeping me company maybe more often than it normally would be. I am a seven on the Enneagram. So I'm kind of the eternal optimist. I'm the spontaneous one. I'm the person maybe known for versatility, for novelty, kind of love brainstorming sessions. And I love to kind of anticipate what the future holds. So a normal question for my personality type is maybe something like, hey, how cool would that be? But in this season, I think it only takes a few text messages, a couple phone calls, one government briefing, which by the way, we just had a government briefing here on PEI yesterday that has pretty much brought us back to where New Brunswick is now. And that's can change the question for me from how cool could that be to, is it worth it? And I wonder in this season, if you're asking that same question, is this calling? Is this congregation? Is this class, this time, this education, is it actually worth it? And at the risk of sounding kind of like the 2020 broken record, I know all of us here were in another round of being tired. We're zoomed out. We're running low on creativity. We're discouraged. We're out of our regular habits and routines once again. Is it worth it? In Mark 2, we're introduced to four people who may have been asking the same question as they carry their friend who is paralyzed on a mat through the busy streets on a hot day in Capernaum. And they're headed to the house where they hear that Jesus is staying. And there might be a feeling of determination and anticipation as they navigate the busy streets. Sure, this isn't the most comfortable arrangement for any of them, their friend included, but it's not too much longer. We just have to get to the house. Just get to the door, through the door to Jesus, and then it will be worth it. Coming around the corner before they even see the house. They can hear that a large crowd has gathered. Maybe everyone has had the same idea. And once the house comes into view, it is clear. The plan is going to have to change. The house is packed so full that there are people spilling out the door. One person couldn't get through that doorway, let alone four. So that's not gonna work. That is not going to work. How many times have you said that to yourself this week? How many times have you said that to yourself even today? That's not going to work. We want to get people to Jesus, to see him, to know him. But once again, the ways that we know are just not an option. And is it worth it? Here are just a couple of reasons why if I was in the position of these five people, I might want to turn back. Maybe fatigue. How long have these five been on the road? What other obstacles have they already faced? How many places have they gone in search of healing? Like what else have they tried? Perhaps cynicism, that little voice in your head that just says, ah, I knew it was too good to be true to actually see Jesus today. I knew that there had to be a catch The whole plan was maybe just too idealistic. We gotta be more real here. Or maybe just feelings of stuckness. Hey, if the door is blocked, then the door is blocked. If the house is full, well, then it's full. I mean, it was pretty creative to think about bringing our friend on a mat through the crowds to Jesus. Like maybe that's good enough for today just wait till the obstacles move out of the way and then we can try again. We'll come back and bring our friend to Jesus. But that's not the posture of the four carrying the mat and their friend. Maybe the four of them, they look at each other, they look down at their friend, and they look up at the roof. (laughs) And maybe somebody pipes up, guys, we are gonna have to pivot and first, everyone uh, just groans at the overuse of the word pivot. But then they proceed to go around the corner of the house and start climbing up the stairs to the roof. And here is where I think this story could also be called a blessed deconstruction. But it's not a physical, uh, f- philosophical, or spiritual deconstruction, it is a literal deconstruction. It's a deconstruction of the roof and in my opinion this go through the roof plan it could have its flaws okay there are some risks here what will the owner of the house think of someone digging a hole through their roof there's going to likely be a cost to pay there's going to be a financial cost there's definitely going to be a social cost everyone is going to be looking at them strangely from the moment that the first piece of clay hits the floor, especially the religious leaders who are inside. Then there's just like the sheer work it's gonna take to get through the roof after what has already been a period of working hard. Like there is still a layer of clay and brush and wood between their friend who needs to see Jesus and Jesus. And it's actually hilarious to me when you look at some of the art that's created around this story. It's like a perfect rectangle with clean edges, but that's really not what's going on here. Verse four tells us that this is a really messy project. They are literally digging through the clay and the brush to make a hole to lower their friend down. So is it worth it? All this work, the journey to the house was likely tiring as it was, Climbing up the stairs would probably only add to the fatigue, but then to go digging through the roof, regardless of whether or not they had tools, well, that's just really hard labor. And friends, bringing people to Jesus for anyone on the best of days, it is great, but it can be tiring. And there are so many elements of vocational ministry in all its form in the call to bring people to Jesus that are characterized by both beauty and fatigue. But bringing people to Jesus during a pandemic, after two years of all that we've been through, honestly, there are moments where that is just hard labor. And is it worth it? The creativity, the adaptability, the patience, the resilience, the disappointment, the hard work that it takes to bring even just one person to Jesus in this season, when the conventional route is not an option, when you long for the days when you could just go through the door. But it's 2022, and once again, you find yourselves on your hands and knees just having to dig through the roof is it worth it? Well the mat it finally hits the floor and the man who has been carried looks up into the face of the son of man into the face of Jesus and maybe he wonders will this all be worth it and the words of Jesus are these son your sins are forgiven son your sins are forgiven. I think it's really easy for us as Christians, and especially those of us who have been Christians for a long time, to hear the weight of those words as if you're hearing them for the first time. Your sins are forgiven. One of the best things about serving Jesus, and for me especially in the local church setting, is seeing people experience that moment for the first time, isn't it? Watching those who were once overcome by shame or guilt experience the freedom that it is to be forgiven by Jesus. I mean, their enthusiasm is uncontainable. And those of us who are familiar with this story, we know that, well, the teachers of the law, they were not as enthusiastic. And Jesus perceives this. And he says, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. And the four friends who are kind of still peering through the rooftop, they cannot believe their eyes and their ears. First, their friend gets up and walks for maybe the first time that they've ever seen. But something better is going on here. It's better than they could have imagined. Not only has their friend been restored physically, but Jesus has forgiven his sins. This is a little taste of salvation right here in this story. So, is it worth it? Absolutely, yes the journey has been worth it because of the destination jesus the healer the forgiver of sins the son of man who holds all authority in heaven and on earth yes it was hard work but it was very good work and there's an additional blessing people other than these five are blessed by this encounter in verse 12 it says that this amazed everyone and they praised God saying we've never seen anything like this. Friends this is a really hard season but we can't lose sight of the fact that we are laboring to bring people to Jesus. We find ways around obstacles and we think creatively and we push forward in uncertain times because it is still worth it to bring people to Jesus it is still worth it and it is worth it maybe more than ever to bring people into the presence of the only one who can look at them and say your sins are forgiven the only one who holds the title son of man and who offers us forgiveness because he's the only one who has authority to do so. It is still worth it to help people discover who Jesus is in a way that will make everyone say, praise God, because we've never seen anything like this. And right now, in 2022, there is a major temptation to look at the obstacles and think it would just be easier to tap out right now. There is a major temptation to feel stuck and stay stuck. There is a major temptation to let cynicism be the loudest voice in our heads. How, how can we be expected to bring people to Jesus in a time like this? But let's be people Who persevere and look for the rooftops where we might be tempted to be defeated by the blocked doorway? Let's dig in and let's get our hands dirty and make new ways for people to come into Jesus' presence. And of course, I want to be clear. We want to respect guidelines and regulations. Don't hear me say that I think we should be breaking the rules or being reckless. And don't hear me saying that I think we need to burn ourselves out. We've heard lots of sermons on burnout. You can kind of balance this one with those. But M.T. Wright, in his book, God and the Pandemic, he says that yes, we need to be willing to restrain from action if it puts people in an unsafe situation. But that This cannot be an excuse to do nothing. Out of lament must come fresh action. In this passage, verse 5 says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And many commentators propose that in this case, the faith of the people was found in their taking action to come to Jesus. These people had the kind of faith in Jesus that moves you. Faith in who Jesus is, it moves you through the streets, up the stairs, down through the roof. Faith in who Jesus is, it takes a new route. It looks for different options. And yeah, it even pivots. And don't get me wrong, it's not the actions of these people that bring salvation to their friend. Only Jesus can do that. But Mark does note their faith that they have a little part to play in God's grander narrative. So, if it's worth it, how do we do it? Here's some ways I can think that we can continue to bring Jesus, a people to Jesus in 2022. First, I think we need to take some time ourselves to look into the face of the Son of Man and hear these words fresh. Son, your sins are forgiven. Daughter, your sins are forgiven. Let's spend time with Jesus and hear the loving truth from him that we are forgiven. We are loved. We are set free. And let's let that enthusiasm bubble up inside of us again that reminder of the good news that we simply can't keep to ourselves. And then by faith, let's move. Let's receive from God daily the grace to be empathetic and compassionate and moved to bring people to Jesus. Let's pray that the spirit would guard us from apathy and from becoming self-centered. Let's ask God to give us a spirit of curiosity when we feel stuck. Curiosity and creativity go hand in hand. And Kerry Newhoff, a pastor and author, he suggests two simple questions that you can ask yourself to spark curiosity. And I love them. They're simply this. The first one is, why? (laughs) And the second one is, why not? Why not go through the roof? And let's ask God to put people in our lives who can help us along the way. I would imagine that it would be really hard to carry your friend on the mat by yourself. It took four people to help their friend. Collaborating and cooperating should be our default setting as Christians, because one of the easiest ways to be too tired is to be alone. And let's have faith that by continuing to be creative and to pivot and to adapt and to work, that Jesus will bring healing, that he will bring forgiveness and that he will bring praise to his name. It is a hard, but it is a beautiful labor. And even if our methods are different than before, and even if it's harder than before, it is worth it. Jesus is worth it. And we have the blessing as those who have been called to this place for various reasons to witness to play a little role in how people are coming to Jesus and to be restored, forgiven by the Son of Man. I want to close uh, today with a blessing that I recently read by Dr. Kate Bowler, And this is a blessing that she titles for keeping your heart soft when everything is broken. And I feel it is just so appropriate uh, for the times that we find ourselves in. So I would invite you to close your eyes and uh, we'll receive this breath, this blessing. Blessed are you who see it all now, the terrible, beautiful, truth that our world our lives seem irreparably broken and blessed is the one who wonders if it is all worth it blessed are you who glimpse reality and don't turn away this kind of seeing comes at a steep cost and it is a cost you may not have paid intentionally but here you are seeing things clearly Blessed are you who have worked hard to keep your heart soft. You who live with courage, fixing what is in your reach, praying about what is not, and loving still. May you experience deeper capacity and glimpses of hope as you continue to see the world as it is. Terrible, fragile, but beautiful. Amen.